Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Holy Talk. Email holytalkpodcast at gmail.com for more information. Welcome to Holy Talk Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. And I'm Tuli Weiss. Shalom, everybody. Shalom, Rabbi Tuli. Shalom from all the way from Israel. How are you doing, Rabbi Tuli? How's your family? And how is Israel? Israel, it's always a glorious day in Israel, no matter what you read about in the newspaper. <laughs> and the family's doing well? The family is great. We got kids going back to school on September 1st, so thank God for that. And uh, at least partially back to school, so we'll take whatever we can get. And uh, two days a week, three days a week, whatever the case may be. And uh, how about you? How are things? How are you things? know, uh, it's uh, I say 2020 is the gift that keeps on giving, and I'm not saying it in a good way. You know what I mean? Uh, n- nothing is surprising me in 2020, and we'll get into some of the news that's happened over here. But as far as I am, I'm doing great. Uh, my family's doing great. We're in the same boat that you and Rabbi Truly, where our kids start school. Uh, I had one girl start last week. I have two of them start tomorrow. Why on a Friday? I don't understand, but I'm glad that they're going in. And uh, that's going to be great for them, great for their health, uh, and great uh, for them to see their friends again. So we, we pray uh, a covering over all the kids, your kids and our kids, as they go back into school, and wisdom for the teachers on, on all fronts all over the world as kids are going back into their schools so that uh, this COVID-19, which is still here, Rabbi Tuli, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, we, it, it, somehow we can contain it. Somehow our kids can be safe from it. Um, and so that's our prayer. Uh, what's going on with COVID uh, in Israel right now, Rabbi Tuli? Um, well, I don't, it's not, uh, it's not great, but it's, uh, I don't know, there, I don't know. Same, same old, the same old, basically. Um, they're considering closing things down a little bit more for the holidays. And, um, you know, just because that's such a family time and they want to make sure that things don't get out of hand. And then there's a lot of pushback because, you know, people obviously do want to celebrate pretty much as normal. So they're, you know, kind of, there's the contentious debate, let's put it that way, over COVID here. And, 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 you know, COVID is still here and and the United States is still running rampant. Um, I think Columbus is going down a little bit, but we, we like, we like one day is, you know, down to 800. The next day is back to 1500. So we go into these ups and downs still daily, you know, so I think it's a daily struggle. What do you mean 800, 800, like new cases, 800 new cases. Like, yeah, yeah. This, 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 uh, we, we up in the, uh, hundreds of thousands here in Columbus now. Oh, you know what I mean? So you realize that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, one day we got eight hundred, the next day we got twelve hundred, the next day we got nine hundred, then we have fifteen hundred. Uh it used to be steady that it was over a, a thousand cases every single day. Um and so it's it's uh it's running rapid. And so we still got it, we're still here, but that's why we still gotta pray. Um and we still got to believe that uh Hashem, God has an answer to all of it. You know what I mean? And um so yeah, it's 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 no joke, and we know COVID is no yo- joke. Um, but we're going to continue to to press on, Rabbi Tuli. So that's crazy. Uh, I think you know Columbus is obviously smaller than Israel. Israel has eight million people. Columbus has what like a million people. In Israel, I don't know how many new cases a day, but I think 
you know, a few dozen maybe, not a few hundred. That's uh, yeah, Columbus hasn't seen uh, in the hundreds in, in a long time. You know, like a hundred or two in a long, long time. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. Um, you know, but you know, again, we we continue to uh, be safe. I think we had a hundred and eleven thousand cases now. You know, thirty seven to thirty eight hundred deaths, or, or we or we surpassed four thousand deaths like nine nineteen hours ago. Four thousand deaths. So you know, it's 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 you know, that's it's a guy. I got the update from yesterday. Yesterday we had a thousand eighty nine new cases you know, uh, and 40 additional new deaths yesterday. So it's, it's a thing that that's, continues to happen. Um, but again, uh, we have to just face safety over our kids, wisdom over the teachers, because I think everyone wants to open up. I do want to uh, stop right there and tell folks, you know, stay tuned for the, for the uh, all the episodes of September are going to be great because we're going to really touch on the high holidays. And I wanted to do it today, but we're going to move those on because there's so much happening, Rabbi Tui, that I want to get to. Um, and really, this is just going to be a, a news, a current event of what's happening in Israel, what's happening here. Uh, there was a terror attack uh, yesterday by Tuli. Tell the folks what's happening in Israel with that, um, what happened yesterday. Okay. There was, uh, there was like you said, a terror attack, which, um, which was the first time in a year, actually, that a Jew was killed here in Israel. And uh, so that's... For the first time in like 50 years, we this is the lowest. You know, there's always terrorism is a pretty much a um, any fact of life. Unfortunately, here in Israel, we've really enjoyed maybe because of Corona. I don't know that things have been so quiet. I'm trying to pull up the news article exactly with some of the more details. But a father of four was stabbed and uh, by like with a huge butcher's knife in a really vicious uh, wow. attack in the middle of broad daylight in uh, a city in Israel. So that's obviously a terrible tragedy for not only the family, but for you know all of Israel. Uh, it's such a small country and we're all family. Um, and in the past, you know, I've really like gone out of my way to be with the family if I can and, and to sort of to visit them. Um, so I'm thinking about you know, trying to find, you know, do that in the next few days. Um, and uh, our hearts go out and our prayers are needed, you know, for his widow and for his four children. So, man, we pray, we stand in agreement with you, Rabbi Tulian, praying for the family, uh, praying for his wife, the kids. Uh, it's always a tragedy when you see people die uh, on the streets uh, and in broad daylight. For, for no apparent reason than just prejudices and, and evil in the hearts. And so that leads me to the story that's happening here in the States, where we saw another senseless, another shooting of an un, unarmed black man in the streets of, of Wisconsin, uh, Jacob Blake. And, and there's a lot happening, Rabbi Tully. I started uh, out with, before we even got on the recording. There's so much happening. It's like you, you, you almost want 2020 to go away, but you're like, what is going on? I mean, um, this shooting has, uh, you know, again, uh, racial tensions was always a high, uh, already high because of what happened with George Floyd. We know there was been protests. Uh, prote protests haven't stopped here in Columbus. I don't know if many people know that. It's been all the way since then to this day that people are protesting, protesting still to every single day. But now Wisconsin has taken 
the new, that's like the new epicenter. It was Portland for a little while and a lot of stuff was happening in Portland. Now Wisconsin, uh, burning of buildings, um, all that, but that's not really the protest. And I think what I want to decipher today and what I want to separate is there are, there are peaceful protesters and there are also rioters. We say no to the rioters and we say yes to the protesting, right? Protesting is how we got our freedom in this country. It's the voice. Um, it was, it was, uh, and, 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 the, and peaceful protesters are getting shot by other people uh, for no reason. There was a 17 year old kid that got arrested for killing two people because he had an AR-15 and he was shooting protests. I mean, this stuff is just chaotic that's happening, you know what I mean? Um, and we really need, right now more than ever, I just say Messiah come, you know what I mean? Messiah come because we need heaven's answer more than we have our answers because there are people hurting on all sides. Uh, prejudice is still up. Uh, racism is still up, right? And but we all we we do believe this, Rabbi Tuli, that only God can touch the heart of a human being, right? We can rationalize with the mind. We can, you know, we can take it to class. We can show them what's happening, but only God can touch the heart. And that's what we're praying for right now: that God touches our country, touches Israel, touches America, touches the world, right? As we go through this pandemic that we're still in, right? There's so many emotions that go through people's hearts. Um, and you know my prayers for the police department, for police officers. That there are some great police officers. I just want to say that there's some great police officers, and there are also some non-good police officers. We need to pray that the good police officers weed out the bad ones, right? And that if a police officer before he shoots any person, black, white, brown, doesn't matter what they are, that they have to think two or three times before and saying, um, "This young man, uh, Jacob Blake, was shot on the back." He was shot going into his car where his three little children were in. He was, you know what I mean? So that, it's, it, and it's all caught on video. So when you see something like that, it just hurts the heart because no one should be shot in the back, first of all, ever. Number two, you shouldn't shoot somebody. You know what I mean? There's so many other ways that can be done. Um, that has trickled down to protests in the, in the sports arenas, with the NBA uh, yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks, which are from Wisconsin, which our good friend Michael Red played for. And so pray for Michael, for those who are listeners, also because he's going through a hard time because this is a city that he loves, a place that he loves. Uh, so the Milwaukee Bucks walked off the floor yesterday and did not play. They boycotted their playoff game. And that was the trickle effect then to other playoff games. So all the basketball players games were uh, done yesterday. The Brewers baseball team also walked out. The WNBA also. Um, I saw it also some tennis players walking up. So there's been literally a protest of just saying violence has to stop, injustice has to stop, and we just need a working of the heart. I know I said a lot, Rabbi Tuli, there, but that is what's happening right now at the grounds. And on top of all of that, Hurricane Laura strikes Louisiana this morning at Cat 4. Right. And so we know what happened with the hurricanes in the past when it hit that same area. And so it's just so much happening right now, Rabbi Chili, that we can just urge our listeners to pray. Wow. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I have no words. I'm just listening to you. And um, yeah, absolutely. Amen. And and again, it's, 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 uh, that's why I wanted you to share the story of the, of the victim that was there in Israel because it's the senseless 
ness is happening all over the world. It's not just a United States thing, right? The evil of man, um, it's all over, right? And so we need now more than ever for uh, Jewish and Christian relationships to just get together and show solidarity together and show peace and love to one another. And so that together we can raise a banner of prayer, a banner of scripture reading. And so, and again, most important saying, uh, Messiah come <laughs> more than ever. We need you uh, because right now, the way it seems, uh, it becomes uh, heavy on us, Rabbi Tuli. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I, don't, I have nothing to add. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking, it's heartbreaking. So pray, let's pray for the families, uh, those who listen to uh, Jacob Blake. Uh, pray for all those who are doing the protesting for safety. Let's pray for the uh, hurricane victims. Uh, we will see today, this afternoon, Rabbi Tuli, we'll let you know the updates in the next, uh, in our next time together, um, where, uh, what's happening with Louisiana, what's happening with Texas, uh, and this big hurricane Laura that came through. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we wanted to share current events that are happening here and there. Um, yeah. And we're gonna move into a lighter note, uh, not forgetting that we still are all going through COVID and all going through all this. Um, but we had a question that came in, Rabbi Tuli, that I want to talk about. Um, and we ask all those who, who want to ask questions from a rabbi to find out what, you know, if we're doing things and we're reading scripture through proper context, uh, we have one of the giants of the faith. I won't, I won't say his name uh, on, on the air, but uh, one of the giants of the faith here in Columbus that works with all across denominations all these uh, leaders and pastors, uh, he sent us a message, Rabbi Tuli, and it was a great question. And he says, I was reading Second Chronicles 31 this morning about every, everyone bringing money to Hezekiah to the rebuild of the temple. The same thing was done with Moses in the tabernacle. I have been, I've been part of several capital campaigns that leveraged these verses to raise money for a local church building. Uh, is this proper exodus? or yeah. exegesis or proper way of context of learning those two? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think that, uh, first of all, we all do it. You know, we all, believe me, uh, when I was a rabbi of a synagogue, so we would, I would frequently, you know, certainly if this was the Torah portion and, uh, and there was an, an important project that we were involved with. So look, it tells you, teaches us about charity. You know, the Bible teaches us about charity and the first charity in the Bible, or one of the earliest examples is when all of the people contributed their, their belongings to the building of the tabernacle. And, um, you know, that's exactly what happened. Everybody uh, came forth. And uh, actually, it's interesting. If you look at Exodus 25, you learn uh, from the Hebrew, a very important lesson when it comes to not only charity, you know, charity, there's there's a couple of kinds of charity. There's charity when you give to a widow and an orphan, and uh, then there's charity when you when you dedicate your resources to God, and that's what's happening in Exodus 25. It says, "Tell the." It's in verse one. God spoke to Moses, saying, "Tell the children of Israel to bring me gifts. You shall accept gifts for me from every person whose heart so moves him." And then everybody, you know, brought forward their gold and their silver and their copper and their, and their linen and their goat hairs and their wood. 
and everybody just came forward like just like Moses asked them to and um, however however it's amazing actually because this is like one of these examples that always kind of um, gets me going because the English and the Hebrew it's like two different worlds right oh man come on I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth Danny but what is no, it no. Bible in your Bible in verse 2 25 2 can you translate? It says, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart you shall take my offering right so that's what mine says also to bring me gifts right to bring me gifts yes. and that's what god is, seems to be asking for to bring me gifts but it's uh it's one of these it's crazy i mean it's like uh the translator here both your translator and my translator should be fired because it's not what it says <laughs> oh, it okay talk to us rabbi Tuli. talk to us what does it mean then come right. on so it says speak to the children of israel and and it says, take for me a gift, take for me a gift from oh, each person whose heart moves him. Okay. Cause the word to give a gift, it's a whole different word. Not the word would be, you know, but it doesn't say that at all. It says, take for me a gift. And so, all of the you know the jewish commentators who are reading the bible in hebrew say whoa 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 whoa, whoa. what do you mean take for me a gift what does that mean am i if, if i'm taking a gift so it doesn't make any sense and so therefore but the lesson is obvious that god is saying that when you give me a gift you're really receiving more than you are giving mm, gotcha that's like that's the i'm not i'm not giving a an explanation that's literally what the words here mean god says take for me take you know meaning take for yourself when you give to me you're taking for yourself that's sort of what god is saying in this introduction to like when it comes to charity when it, and giving gifts to god god is saying it's not like when you give to anybody else when you give a, a birthday present or any other kind of present of gift to your wife you're giving to your wife and that's wonderful but when it comes to giving a gift to God, you are receiving more than you're giving. It's, it's almost a, it's almost a cheat code there, right, by Tuli? Like God is like saying, "I'm different than everybody else." What I mean by cheat code is, you think you you think you're losing by giving, right? You're losing something from yourself to give it, but you're gaining so much more than what you can even think you're giving that you win. Right. Exactly. And. And, and that's a that's a beautiful idea and you know we could speak more about that and I think that everybody who's listening could probably you know appreciate that might be nodding their heads right now oh that's really nice you know I and but it's like built into the Hebrew text of the Bible and you know to me the real sort of travesty is when you're not reading the Bible in Hebrew you might miss that you might miss out on that mm. so so it is okay for people then to use these scriptures and 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 what what I'm what I'm hearing from you, it's okay for someone to look at a scripture like this and say, you know, by the verse time verse eight says, and let them uh, make me a sanctuary for people to then take this and use a part of this giving 
and a part of Israel building the tabernacle and part of the uh, building the temple to say, hey, listen, bring some finances in. We're trying to do this temple. Th that's okay in the proper context that they're building God something for him to dwell. Well, you know, yes, I think that it is something that, you know, is done. Is it okay? Is it not okay? It's definitely something that, you know, I'm happy to hear that pastors do this <laughs> church because rabbis, you know, if it's a sin, rabbis are just as guilty as pastors. Let's put it that way. But, wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Know, what you just, that other verse that, you know, the ver it goes on and continues. And in verse eight, it says, let them make me a sanctuary. Give all of your precious possessions and let them make for me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And um, it's, uh, well, actually, let me ask you, how does it translate verse eight in your Bible? And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Among That's them. Exactly what it said. Yeah, right. among them. Meaning not among it, not that I may dwell in the sanctuary. It's interesting. No. God, God is saying that when you give and you build a sanctuary, the purpose is not for God to dwell in the sanctuary, but to dwell in the people and in the hearts yes. of the people. Yeah. Yes. So um, that is... Uh, that's like the most important thing that when it comes to mm. people, when whether you're building, I guess, a church or a synagogue and you're doing it and, you know, the, you're the one asking other people to give. And I, I'm in this position myself, you know, where we're not asking to build a synagogue, but we're constantly putting really important projects in front of uh, the readers of Israel 365 or the, the viewers, the listeners were we're raising money for Holocaust survivors or for soldiers or for terror victims. And, uh, and, you know, we do look into the Bible for inspiration and for, you know, our sense of moral, our moral code comes from the Bible. So um, it's natural to look at these verses and to try to distill the, the, the message, the pure message. And in this case, you know, God is, is saying that when you give, you're going to receive more than you actually give. And what is it that you're going to receive? God says, I'm going to dwell in within you. That's what the real gift when we give of our own resources to what God is asking from us. That's, that's powerful, Rabbi Tuli, because I have an issue with this myself, you know, I, I'm the same boat as Israel 365, the way ministries, right? We, we, and, and I think you and I have had personal conversations about it. It's one of the things that's kind of dreadful for me to ever ask anybody for finances for a ministry. It's like almost, it goes against, it goes against almost every moral code in me. You know what I mean? To say, you know, help us, you know, help other people, but in order for us to, you know, have salaries and help people and be the leaders in this stuff, we need salaries. We need to take, be taken care of so that we can then do these projects. You know I mean, for us, you know, helping, helping uh, you guys, helping, you know, folks in Central America. We have projects right now that we're helping schools, uh, you know, children. We're helping filters to be sent to, to folks for water purification. We have all this stuff that's happening, you know what I mean? But a lot of it is gone through the gift giving up people. And I think for me as a leader, I'm just being honest, it is one of the hardest things in my life to cross over and be okay with asking somebody else for finances 
And I don't know why that is, Rabbi Joy. I'm, I'm, I'm really 100% honest about that. I don't know why that is. But like, it almost goes like, I almost feel icky about it. You know what I mean? I almost feel like, man, I want to make sure like if you do give that I'm, we doing right with the finances that you give. You know what I mean? Um, and so this, it's a battle that I have specifically within me, Rabbi Chuli, with that. Well, then, you know, I think that these verses then could be, uh, are spe speak really to what you're describing. And really, I think, yes, definitely, maybe Moses was in that same predicament. Moses probably also felt, you know, nervous about asking the people for, for money. And, um, you know, Moses got to remember, um, this is uh, an exodus. So he hasn't yet, you know, but M Moses was, uh, got, the people did not give it, the people gave him a hard time about everything, Moses, right? And yeah. they're always complaining and they're always questioning him. And now here he is and he turns to them and he says, now give me all your money. Give me all your money. And he knew that the people are going to, you know, come back and say, oh, well, what are you going to do with it? And what do you need it for? And who is it going to? It's all going, you know, and that was the, the people were very, were very suspicious and critical of Moses all the time. And so what he is saying to them, it's not for me, it's for God. And you're, I'm doing it, I'm asking because I love you so much, because I want to benefit you. You're giving to you know, to God, and you're going to receive so much more. You're going to receive the presence of God. And therefore, Moses is asking the people to participate, to partner with him in order so that they will benefit. And I think that, you know, when, when we are raising money, it's not for ourselves, it's not for, you know, it's for other people. And it's because we want to help, you know, the people who we are working with and, and, and raise them up by allowing them to connect with these important causes. So it's an important lesson, I think, for people in your position, people in my position, that, that we're really doing them a favor, so to speak, by asking to and giving them the opportunity to partner in these important causes. That's amazing. Uh, and I'm, I'm learning right now as you, as you teach and that I'm learning. I'm, I may open a can of worms that you might not want to walk through those can through, through this door that I'm about to open right now, Rabbi Tully. But I think many Christians are curious about this. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pique the curiosity. I'm gonna ask the question anyway. And if we don't want to go deep in it, Rabbi Tully, there's no offense in it. Just say, I don't know if I want to tackle that right now. But <laughs> I think one of the things you as a rabbi, you as a rabbi of a synagogue, right? And so one of the things that I think you and I had a long, you and I and Michael had like a two hour conversation about this about the whole tithing thing and about, I remember we were in Israel, I think that we had this conversation and it, it was a great conversation. I think one of the issues that I've always had with that whole concept, um, and I wanna know what happens and, and I wanna know what happens with the synagogue. How does the synagogue get their finances, right? Because what we do, um, and, and, and I've always saw this out of context. And so tell me if I'm wrong with this, I've always saw you know, we use Old Testament scriptures, and, and I, again, I don't mean to say Old Testament. I don't mean to be offensive by that. We know. I'm just saying that for the for the, for the reason of this conversation. You know, I believe in the whole the whole scripture, but we we use you know uh, Tanakh scriptures, right, to validate that you know we should get 10% from every individual that comes into our building, right, and that that is the way that we 
continue our building finances. I always thought for me that that was a wrong way of looking at it because we have in, 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 in our writings, in our scriptures, it, it, it talks about it. It doesn't talk about it as much as a percentage. It talks about it as a, as a, a posture of the heart, right? It says, if you give grudgingly, you receive grudgingly, right? If, if you give with a good heart and an open heart and only give what God tells you to do, right? Don't, there's not a percentage specifically to get, right? And so do, do you put that same demand in a synagogue where, where people come in and you say, hey, you have to give 10% of your income. Everyone has to give 10% of their income. Because I think if we do that, then we, I think a lot of times, and again, tell me if I'm wrong with this. I'm asking a lot within one question. You know, I know that I know this because I study with you and I study with others that there's more than one 10%, right? It becomes sometimes like 30%, right? The, the, the 10% of the widow that, you know, the percentage of, of a widow that you got to give, you know, of that widow offering and all these different percentages and you end up giving a lot more than the 10%, right? But we studied Tanakh and we just see the 10% and we lock into that number. Is that something that you guys do? And is that even right for us to do? I'm just asking. Because I know that's a, that's a big topic. Okay. Yeah, it is a big topic. Certainly, you know, it's expensive to maintain a religious community. And, you know, again, as somebody who was in that capacity as the rabbi of a synagogue, it's expensive to run programs and it's expensive uh, to keep the lights on. But obviously, I think that, you know, with, with Judaism, so we're very much concerned about the next generation and, you know, kind of perpetuating the religion and keeping the next generation engaged and it's expensive to do that. So I think that, um, you know, everybody understands that, you know, everybody gets that. And uh, so the Bible did make it clear that, you know, we are meant to tithe our income and give 10%. That's the number. God doesn't ask for 20%. He doesn't ask for 1%. You know, he asks for 10%. Um, and, uh, but I, I think that you don't have to give 10% to every single cause because that obviously then the math wouldn't work. If you gave 10% to 11 causes, you would obviously be giving more than 100%. So it's, in the way that we interpret it is that you give 10%. And so you figure out whatever your income is and you figure out your 10%, but then you have the discretion to give it where you see fit. And uh, we have some kind of hierarchy like that has been sort of accepted um, how to divide it up. But um, certainly, you know, synagogues uh, will argue or claim or try to appeal for people to give their 10% to the synagogue. And, um, you know, but other people who have, uh, if you have sort of like, you know, your kids in a school and the school is also needs resources. So the school will say, you know, if you have any extra resources to give to the school. And uh, certainly like when it comes to supporting the needy in Israel, a lot of Jewish people will want their 10% to go to the needy in Israel. Um, and, but that's on each person to decide. Um, we don't, you know, require the 10%. And uh, what a lot of synagogues do is they'll have sort of like just a membership fee. And, you know, because of all the programs that they're running, so they'll say, well, you know, if you want to be a member here, so you have to, again, you know, do your share and shoulder your burden like everybody else. It's not, it's usually not required and no, no synagogue would ever tell a person not to, not to pray there, but it's 
I think again, it's, it's something that's accepted in the Jewish community because people do understand that it costs a lot to maintain and they appreciate the rabbi and they appreciate the, what the synagogue has to offer. And so it's a voluntary membership and that you know people could pay out of that 10%. Um, and uh, that's at least, I don't know if that's like a, you know, the biblical law, but that's, I guess the culture, that's the common practice within the Jewish community. That's very helpful, very helpful. You know what I mean? I think one of the things you say that we do not teach is like, you, you gotta give 10%, you know what I mean? But uh, make sure that you can give wherever you want to. Uh, the way we look at it, if you go to a specific place, that's where you gotta give your 10%. So if you belong to uh, Temple Emmanuel Church, that's where you have to give 10%. And then that pastor will constantly yeah, say, hey, give your tithes, give your tithes, give your tithes, give your tithes. A lot of times people are driven by that, like, man, I'm, all I'm doing is giving my tithes to this place. There's not a freedom to say, hey, just give wherever you want to give, give however much you want to give. You know, it's not a freedom like that. And I think people don't feel that free to give wherever we got. Us, in the way we say give wherever you want to give, uh, I, we, 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 we say it this way, 10% is the minimum. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you don't know what to, how to hear but you know what I mean? I, I know people right now that are giving 60% of their income away and God still has been good to them enough for them to live under 40%, you know what I mean? And I think um, a lot of times it's hard for us to even talk about that because again, people have, to, I, and then for me, again, I, I guess just talk about me. I think the, I, I've seen the misuse of that. And so that's what I fear from. I don't wanna do what I've seen others do and misuse that but we shouldn't let that also as leaders stop us from understanding the biblical principle of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that when you're in leadership position, you have a tremendous amount of responsibility. And especially when you're dealing with people, other people's money, you have even a higher level of uh, responsibility, like a fiduciary responsibility when it comes to the trust that people place in you with their not only their money, you're not like a stockbroker, you're their, you know, they're uh, the trustee of their charitable funds and their tithing, tithe funds. And so that's like, uh, that's a whole nother conversation, but you know, kind of like the Bible does describe about, like there are, it's a, it's a, it's a sin to steal from other people, but to steal from God is, is a scarier sin. And like, wow. to, you know, to, to take from the temple is, uh, is a, is a heavy responsibility that really only those who can honor that responsibility should be entrusted with with it. So, um, I'm just what a great to, topic. What a great topic, Rabbi Tony. Topic. We, won't, we won't go any further. We won't go any further. Uh, that's so yeah, good. I think you, you could see here. We've been doing this now for so long that the sun is like kind of uh, it's going down. It's, it's amazing. It's shining. Shining right in your face right now, so I don't know, man. It's a holy moment right now. <laughs> I, I, it's it's just a, ref, I guess it's a reflection of how it's blinding you. <laughs> it's blinding me, but we're also like I think it means that the summer is kind of ending. Like the sun is now in a different position. We're heading yes. into a new season. It's uh, just pray that it should be a good season. And twenty twenty is. Is still we've got a few more months, but from a Jewish perspective, we have less than a month left of the year. We begin the new year on Rosh Hashanah, and that's about September 18th. 
So less than a month away, and, uh, and we hope that this year will end and the sort of the heaviness of this year will end and the new year will begin with uh, a year of blessing, year of peace, a year of quiet and health for, for the whole world. We'll talk more so, about Rosh Hashanah yeah, yeah. over the next yeah. couple of weeks and, uh, and great talking to you. Thank you for that, you know, whoever sent that question. Anybody else who has a question, you know, email it to uh, Rabbi Tuli at Israel365 or Danny, how to get in touch with you. Holy Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Holy Talk Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to get your questions and uh, love to have discussion. And we're moving to 5782, right? That's where we're going to, right? 81. That, 81. You're jumping ahead of yourself a little bit. All right, 5781. So we're moving to 5781, and uh, it's going to be a great year, I believe. All right. Well, shalom. We'll talk shalom. to you. Shalom. Soon. All right. Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Holy Talk. Email holytalkpodcast at gmail.com for more information.